I had a wonderful joke for you. Really a good one. But I thought I'd save it for another time. (laughs) Don't tell a joke, no. I don't like telling jokes. You know, you know, I'll tell you this. So Dan Juster was, so, no, it's not the joke, but Dan, you know, Dan Juster was, was, was just here, and, and he, he's, 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 he, he goes online, and he hears my messages, and I preached at the conference a couple times and whatnot, and he said, he said, Frank, you got an interesting style to preach. I said, what, what do you mean interesting style? I have, no, I have no style. He says, you know what you do? You get them laughing, then you hit them between the eyes. Then you get him laughing again, you hit him again. He says, you have some real heavy messages, but you get him laughing. And I said, well, it just comes out that way. I don't plan it, per se. But it was kind of interesting, him making that observation. Now I'm a little hesitant on even telling anything, a funny story. You know, because I, I don't want to be that, that way. But it, it, it comes out the way it comes out, you know. It comes out that way. Well, <clears throat> I'm seeing the overhead there. I should have made that bigger. <clears throat> that wasn't even funny. That was, just, that was just an observation. You don't have to laugh at stuff like that. If it's not funny, you're not going to hear Fantry. See? 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 You know, sometimes older folks can look at a situation and just because of their experience they know something about what's happening and they really could give advice and I believe Moses would have said amen to that picture this Jethro is Moses' father-in-law and uh, he's visiting Moses in the wilderness and one day Jethro notices Moses unrealistically working hard as the leader of the whole nation of Israel. So Jethro decides to give his son-in-law some free advice. I'm real hesitant on giving my son-in-law's free advice. And I imagine maybe Jethro may have been a little leery of it, but he saw this. And he just felt he needed to give him this advice. In Exodus 18.21, out of the Message Bible, we, have, we see the advice that he gave him. He, see, he, saw, he saw all these people that want to consult with, with Moses. And so Jethro says, keep a sharp eye out for competent men. Men who fear God. Men of integrity. Men who are incorruptible. And appoint them as leaders. So it's just not appointing anybody, but certain type of men that have to have qualifications. It's not by popularity, it's by qualifications. Here he says, men who fear God, men of integrity, men who are incorruptible, and appoint them as leaders. Now in the New Covenant, the Apostle Paul wrote Titus uh, something similar. Paul wrote Timothy, no, I said Titus, I meant Timothy. Paul wrote uh, Timothy that he should appoint or ordain elders. Uh, No, no, I said that right. 
Sometimes, sometimes I got my notes. I don't believe my notes. That was good. I don't believe my notes sometimes. So Paul wrote Titus something similar, and Paul wrote Timothy that he should appoint or ordain elders, just like Timothy saw Paul doing it. And in Titus 1, verse 5, out of the Amplified Version, it says, For this reason I felt I left you behind in Crete, that you might set right uh, what was defective and finish what was left undone, and that you might appoint elders and set them over the churches or assemblies in every city I directed you. So it's a plurality of elders that were to be appointed. And we're the, in a new covenant where they got the idea for these elders. It actually comes from the Old Testament where Jethro talked to Moses. So Jethro had great influence even on us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day, a day that we can worship you, a day that we can come together as a family. And God, I pray that we hear this word and it inspires everybody here to grow, to be more like you. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to get to the point and not labor this a whole lot. This morning we're going to be ordaining Ryan Spellacy as an elder serving at Grace Christian Fellowship. Now, first I want to briefly talk about an elder and I want to answer two questions. Two questions. Number one, what is the function of an elder? And number two, what are the qualifications for someone becoming an elder? You know, when I travel to different congregations, I will see what, I'll talk to one of the elders and I'll say, tell me, you're an elder here? He says, yes, I am. I said, what do you do? He says, well, I teach and I do this and I do that. I said, no, 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 no. What do you do as an elder? And they kind of look at me. What do I do as an elder? And so one of the things I do when I go to these congregations, I actually teach them the, or explain to them what an elder really does. You know, you say, well, I, I teach the Bible. Well, other people teach the Bible too. You don't have to be an elder and teach the Bible. What does an elder do? What's specific to the elder? What, what, what does he do? Well, First of all, the function of an elder at Grace Christian Fellowship is, is really, uh, next slide, is threefold. And the way I understand it, the function of an elder includes these three areas. Number one is shepherding. And elders are to help the, the senior pastor to shepherd the congregation, to take care of the congregation, to shepherd the con- So shepherding is involved, shepherding. Next, it's governing. Elders are to help the pastor govern the church okay they don't govern it they help it's a it's a plural thing they help governor and the third and the third is it has to do with accountability elders are to look after the soul of the pastor because the pastor is actually accountable to the elders okay and so there is a there is a type of a of a submission to the elders and I've had, I've, had, I've had elders every so often, they'll come up to me and very gracefully 
say, Frank, maybe you should stop doing this or you should stop doing that. Maybe you shouldn't do this or you do that or you should have shut your mouth and you shouldn't have said what you said. I've had elders do this to me very kindly, and that's fine. And this is what elders, they do, okay? Um, so that's really the three areas that, that an elder, Elder Grace Christian Fellowship, what they do. They, they, help, they help me shepherd, they help me govern, and they look after my soul. Now, the qualifications for someone becoming an elder are not hard, but they are qualifications. Um, and they're found in 1 Timothy 3. They're also found in Titus, but I'm just going to read the 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 7. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be an elder, or some versions say desires to be an elder, I would never think of putting someone in a position to be an elder who doesn't really want to be an elder, that they don't feel God is calling them to be an elder. He desires an honorable position. So an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. I'll talk about these things briefly. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. doesn't mean he's got to have a pulpit ministry, but to explain the, the different doctrines of the Bible. He must not be a heavy drinker. That means he could drink a little bit, but I, t- I, you know, but, or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? An elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. Now, 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And we all have, we all have a grace that God's given us. He's given us abilities. He's given us a spirit, at least one spiritual gift. And these things need to be exercised and utilized. And, you know, we ha- actually have a way to help you find these graces in your life. Because we do flow in what we call body ministry. And that's where the body ministers to the body. I want you to notice that the qualifications for an elder have nothing to do with a man's race. Amen? Amen. Has nothing to do with a man's formal education. Amen? Has nothing to do really with their politics. And I personally find it wrong not to recognize the grace of God in a believer's life just because he is of the wrong race or he's not educated to a certain level, or he doesn't hold the same political view. The eldership of Grace Christian Fellowship 
all have agreed that we see the grace of an elder in Ryan Spelsey. And today we're going to formally recognize that grace. By the way, if Katie was not recognized as a godly woman, Ryan would not be considered for eldership. That's for sure. You know, Ryan was, I'm going to talk a little bit about Ryan here. Ryan was saved in 1988. And he's been a member of this congregation since we moved into this building 2002. His first ministry, of which he still likes doing, is being an usher. Other ministries, um, he was a Sunday school teacher for many years. Uh, let me tell you a story about him. So he's, so, so he's teaching Sunday school. And, you know, we have, we have um, a duration that you sign up for, and then you get an honorable discharge, and you can go on to something else, or you can re-enlist. And I think it was, uh, for Sunday school, I think it's nine months or ten months, something like that. And uh, Ryan's about two-thirds through with it, and he pulls me aside, and he says, Frank, he said, I don't think I'm cut out to be a Sunday school teacher. I said, why not? He said, you know, you know I teach at the Milwaukee Medical College, and I'm used to having my students listen to me. <laughs> And these kids just weren't listening to him, driving him crazy. So he wants, he wants out. And I told him, I said, Ryan, just trust in the grace of God to get you through this so you can get an honorable discharge and go on to something else. Well, time goes on. Oh, he re-enlisted. He re-enlisted again. Why? There was no one to fill and take his place. Okay. So what does that tell you about this person? That they're willing to, to minister in an area that they don't feel God's called them to, but to serve the congregation, they will do it to the best of their ability. That right away told me a lot about Ryan. So... Ryan's done that. He has, a, he has the shepherding. He's got a, a home fellowship of, of college-age men and women. And that's a challenge. That is a challenge. He's also a member of the pulpit team. And I, I've heard all of his messages. They're very good messages. And uh, he's just very good. You know, Ryan's got two kids. And um, Max and Abby, I'll tell you. Katie and Ryan need to stay sharp. They need to stay sharp. I can remember, I can remember talking to Max when he could barely talk, and he's arguing with me. He's, he's debating me on something. And I think he might have been winning. I'm not sure. So, lovely, but they're lovely children, lovely children. And uh, they're raising them very well, and I pray they continue to serve God to his glory. You know, one of the many standout features of Ryan and Katie as a couple are their willingness to serve this community. And we've seen it in many ways. And I just explained the many ways that we've seen. They're really, they, they are really servants, okay? And, and I watch, I watch. You know, is a man too proud to get a broom? Is a man too proud to minister to the children? Can they pick up the trash outside when they see it? I look at stuff like this. 
I just look at stuff like this, you know. Uh, it, a man's actions sometimes speak of humility more than what they say. Now, Ryan knows how to get people's goat. He knows how to pull your chain. There's no doubt about it. In fact, he likes to do that. In fact, his mom and dad are here. They probably can attest to that. You should have beat that out of him when he was younger. Because <laughs> now we got to contend with this. But he's, just pull, but he's just pulling your chain. And he's getting a kick out of it. You know, one of the hardest things that Ryan, that Ryan had to do to be ordained See, he, he, it's, it's not just those things. He attended, uh, I have a special leadership class, um, right? I speak a lot about um, the, the call the making of a leader. We talk about Christian character, a book by Frank DiMazio, and he's attended that. And um, one of the hardest things he ever had to do was I asked him to, to just come and sit in an elders meeting and just observe. Do you know how hard it was for him to sit there and observe and not say anything? It was like torture. Torture. We would be having a discussion, and I'd look over to him. He'd be red as a beak. I knew he had something to say, but he, but he kept his mouth shut. <laughs> you know, it's important. It's important because in, in, our, elder, in our eldership, um, we, 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 none of us are alike, trust me. And none of these guys are yes-men. Amen to that. And, and we have some pretty good discussions. Right, Mark? Yes, we do. <laughs> I could say we have some really good discussions. But, you know, love abounds. And when our elders meetings, we, we, can, we can just be open with each other. There's a lot of love. And so we have, actually, we have a dynamic, a wonderful dynamic amongst our elders. A wonderful, um, there's a love one for another, an appreciation of one for another. But yet, we can say what we feel to say. And so... I'm not going to have someone come in that's going to wreck the dynamic. So I've got to see if this will really work out. So Ryan has sat there for, uh, it was almost, a, I think, almost a year. Maybe a little more, a little, little, more, a little less. I don't know exactly what it was. But um, that was the hardest thing I believe he had to do, was just sit there and not say anything. But he's going to be a real asset to our, our eldership team. And uh, this is something we don't do lightly. Um, when I go to other congregations, I've got a booklet that I wrote, General Guidelines to Leadership Development, okay? And, and it takes, for this little booklet, it takes me about anywhere between two and three hours to go through this with the, with the leader of the congregation. And on point number nine, I, I talk about wisdom, and I say, in the development process, of congregational leadership, the senior leader would be wise to know, and I give these different things down, and I, these different points, and these are like um, how the potential leader takes criticism. It's important to know how they take criticism, how he handles pressure, how he handles opinions which differ from the congregational leader. These are all things we have to check out as, as uh, senior pastors. Is he argumentative to the point of being disruptive? Is he loyal to the congregational leader? 
Does he like the congregational leader as a person? You think that's not a big deal? Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. A lot of guys are elected into, into they're like voted into, but they don't really don't like the senior leader. I mean, they say, I love you in the Lord, but I won't have a cup of coffee with you because you're not, I, don't like, I don't like you that much. But, but does he like the congregational leader as a person? And then does he fulfill the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3? That's just one point. But these are all, these are all things that, 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 that we looked at um, before Ryan's ordination. So, you know, ordaining, we don't ordain for a period of just three years, and then you're cut loose, and we have somebody else. We don't do that. It's a grace of God. It's a gifting God's given. It's a grace of God. And, you know, God, this is not the, the, he just doesn't say, okay, you're, the grace is not there anymore. We'll go on to something else. No, no, the grace is there. You continue to do that until you die or you move um, or you disqualify yourself for one reason or another. So, so people are really, um, at least in this congregation, the, um, those that are in eldership, these are quality, quality guys. And you want to know something? I look around right now, and I can see so many men that... That, that, that can be, that could step in this position down the road. You know, quality, quality guys. But you got to let the grace of God move in your life, see. You got to grow in God. And so I'm excited. So at this time, I'd like to invite uh, Ryan and Katie to come and share a few thoughts. Okay? So come on up here, please. again about argumentative well well, well he is argumentative there's no doubt about it he loves it that's what he does for a living we need to read that again um i don't really like to speak in front of big people i only like to speak in front of little people so frank said i had to um i i i know we all know ryan is smart and he's funny and he's a great cook um but he's also very loyal and he's also very loving, and he's a very giving man. And I am very proud to stand by him today as my husband. feel um, very blessed that God put us together. When we first got married, the pastor that married us said, when we move away, that we would only have Jesus and each other to depend on. And that was really true. We had to really be intimate with each other and with Jesus. And when we came to Grace, we also learned that we could be dependent on the people here, that this became a family to us, that um, you all are our brothers and our sisters, um, aunts, uncles, grandmas to our children, grandpas. (laughs) Um, So we we feel very blessed that God has... um, placed us here at Grace, and um, that we get to be here. That's good, Katie. So, Frank, uh, earlier this week said, uh, just say what's on your heart. So, um, Mike, if you could bring up the slide. Uh, I'm going to cover, I'd like to discuss the Affordable Care Act. (laughs) 
and President Obama's recent executive order on immigration in the time we have left. Actually, I figured I'd say that because uh, my friend Mark Kostick is here, and he's an emergency physician, so if Frank did go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> Between Mark and Ben, firefighter Ben Holman, uh, we'd have you covered, although you would be enrolled in a research study without your consent. Um, the thing that he did ask to say what's on our heart, and I think what's been on my heart lately, and, and thinking back that the fact that we've been here for uh, over 10 years, 12 years, uh, that our, our first time at this church was the first day that it was in this building. In fact, I remember that uh, we had to go in the side door because the tiles out front were not yet completed. Uh, and right, kind of what Katie just said, right when we walked in, Jerry and Sue Bartoshevitz uh, greeted us, welcomed us, took us around, showed us around, and we felt really welcomed and appreciated, and it was, it was great. And we've just kind of been uh, doing it ever since. Um, I think I've, I've, I, you know, I've never been, I really have never been like a proud person per se, but I've learned humility uh, in the sense that uh, relying on God for more and more and more. Um, and I distinguish you know, not you cannot be proud yet at the same time not be humble and dependent at the same time. Um, you know, teaching <laughs> teaching Sunday school was one of those things. <laughs> Still have no idea what I was doing there. Um, it's not so much that they didn't listen, but that you know when you go through the little worksheets you have where you know Billy's friend took something from him. What should Billy do? You know that fourth and fifth graders don't appreciate, well, you know, let's think about the consequentialist reasons why Billy might do X versus deontological considerations and how that relates to duty and moral obligation. They're not, that doesn't fly. They just want to talk about a caterpillar. But uh, more and more, you know, we, uh, Katie and I lead the, uh, the college-age home group. Uh, and that was something that, uh, in, in all of these things that uh, that we've been fortunate enough to be a part of, you know, I kind of I go in thinking, all right, so we'll do it like this, and we'll do this and that, and this and that, um, and then God just says, nope, you're not doing that. Um, it's going to be this instead, and it's just been really uh, fulfilling to flourish in that light, in the sense that. Uh, God teaches me things every single time that happens and shows me what his way is and that you, know, you shouldn't be, uh, have a high opinion of yourself but rather look towards others, uh, as Scripture tells us. And so I, that's kind of what's on my heart lately is how often I'm amazed at uh, the ways that God moves in, my, in our lives uh, as a family, uh, as in our ministry here at Grace Christian Fellowship. So thank you. You know, 1 Timothy 3 talks about you need to know how he responds in the community. Well, I've traveled a, a couple times with Ryan, and I've been, I travel with him um, when he's working, and he's highly respected in his field. And um, he's liked in his field, highly respected. And so um, he, carries, he carries Christ with him. Um, even in the workplace, in a great way. Um, I've been able to take him with me to Mexico and uh, 
Um, I, you know, I, I got to know him very, very well, both in the congregation, outside the congregation. I can't tell you how many times we've just sat and had a cup of coffee and just schmoozed. Okay, so I'm pretty confident, very confident, extremely confident in what we're doing right now. So I'd like to have the elders come forward right now, all the elders of Grace Christian Fellowship come forward, and we're going to lay hands on him, and we're going to pray for him. But while the elders are coming forward, um, right now I want to ask you two questions, okay? And this is very important. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but I want the whole congregation to hear this. Two questions. Number one, do you desire to be an elder at Grace Christian Fellowship? Okay. And number two, as part of our eldership team, will you trust in the power of the Holy Spirit and try your best to fulfill your responsibilities as an elder? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's pray for them, okay? Um, you know, I'd like to have our wives come forward also, please. And I'm going to have my wife pray for Katie. You know, the man is ordained as an elder, but let me tell you, the wife does a lot of the work. It's true. All the wives are saying amen to that. Okay. Let's, um, let's gather around. Let's gather around and pray for them, okay? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace of God that we see on the spellacies here. Lord, we've watched them grow in you. We've watched them utilize the giftings that you've given them. And we thank you uh, that you're using them in such a mighty way. Lord, we recognize what you have done in their lives. We recognize this. And this is what we're doing right now. As a church family, we're recognizing the grace of God on Ryan and Katie. And so with much prayer, we lay hands on Ryan, and we ordain him into the office of an elder here in this local church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, it is a joy to pray for Katie. Katie, even as I was waiting on God for you this week, I just want to share you some of the things that he's laid on my heart regarding you, and that is that he has, you are a balance to Ryan, that he is very pleased with you. You have a gentle, caring heart. You have a strong spirit. You have a desire to follow him. And he has brought you up with Ryan together. And we lay hands on you now and ask that the Lord would continue to bless you, that you would find joy in the ministry and joy in the people that God brings into your lives. And God is going to teach you how to work with these people to a greater degree than he already has. 
But we ask for joy in the ministry and a wisdom to bring to your husband that you would clearly hear the voice of the Lord when speaking to your husband. You would know the time to speak and the words to say. But you're going to be used very importantly in this area. And God is not done with you and Ryan yet. He has great plans for you. And we pray for health and joy and peace in your home in the name and for your children too, Lord. We know that they are so important in this family and to you, Lord, the now generation. Thank you, Lord. Keep, keep her safe, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 So, so, church family, we have a new elder. Ryan Spelser. Congratulations. Congratulations. You know, in in my travels, I talk to these different pastors and different pastors meetings, and they they always they always talk about these elders meetings, or or they call some of them call them just leader meetings or deacons meetings, however they're structured, and they talk about how they dread them. You want to know something? I love them. I always look forward to our elders' meetings, okay? Not to what we always have to talk about, but I've always loved just being with the guys. You know that? That's been a blessing for me. A blessing for me. And I have no trouble, I have no trouble, nor um, submitting to these guys in their wisdom. So we are, we are really a blessed, blessed congregation. You realize that? We are a very blessed congregation. And God has blessed us. And he's brought us wonderful people. And you're the people that he's brought. Okay? A lot of, the, a lot of our folks, our family... For some reason, they're just not here, and they missed a wonderful time. A wonderful time where we see what's happened. What's happened. 